Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And away we go. Welcome to the program. Good to have you aboard. The mighty Aphrodite is kicking around here somewhere. She actually came into the building tonight. Is she there? Uh, I might even coax her on the air a little bit later. If you know, if it wasn't for the mighty Aphrodite, I've told her, and uh, probably pretty obvious, <laughs> anybody that knows me, if it weren't for her, I'd be curled up under a bridge somewhere. So from time to time, I, uh, I bring her in for uh, moral support, and she's my... Uh, Biggest fan and harshest critic. So I, I hope you have a mighty Aphrodite in your life, uh, the male or female equivalent. Anyway, you, you hear me sort of mention her name as I say goodnight every night. Uh, so maybe, just maybe, I'll coax her on the air. Uh, one of the things that uh, I enjoy talking about most of all is time. Time travel, of course. But also, you know, as you get older, and I know many of you feel this way, time the passage of time increases. You know that old saying, it's later than you think? It's so true. And, and I get this sense, I don't know, it's a zeitgeist, that things are moving, accelerating towards some sort of an acute angle, uh, some culmination, uh, some culminating event, not sure what it was or what it is, but I think a lot of us feel that way, sort of an unsettled uh, feeling in deep inside of us. The future. Uh, and the future is, as I'm beginning to learn, not just a destination, it's a culmination of events. It's a culmination of variables. Who you are, the choices you make, the people you hang with, the choices they make. A butterfly flaps its wing in Vietnam, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the checkout gal at the express aisle smiles and says hello. All of those things can impact on our future. But there's a variable that we don't talk about as much uh, and its impact on future events, and that is time. And we're going to learn, really, what the nature of time is and how it impacts on future events. And I'm ab- about to welcome a futurist who is a co-founder of something called the Merlin Project. I'm really excited to have him on uh, on the program. I've, I've, I've listened to him talk on other radio programs. I've read about the Merlin Project. So we're in for a real tre- treat tonight. Uh, the, 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 uh, the Merlin Project, for those of you who aren't aware, it's the first scientifically based forecasting technology that combines celestial equations. We'll find out what those are. Celestial equations with recognized cycles of change to create highly accurate graphical timelines, or what the Merlin Project, the folks at the Merlin Project, call time tracks, timelines or time tracks of future events. Merlin combines the exactness of planetary mathematics with recognized historical cycles to create snapshots of time by using a single frozen moment of time as a starting point. The resulting chronographs, called time tracks, are highly individualized patterns, tracings in time that begin when we are born, or a key genesis event that occurs. These time tracks depict chains of activity that are twofold. External factors, like career matters, where we work or live, and internal factors, health, relationships, emotional concerns. And here to tell us more about time tracks... And the Merlin Project, Paul Gersio is a nationally respected futurist and longtime student of traditional and esoteric predictive systems. His 40 years of research into the cyclical sciences and subsequent collaboration with Dr. George Hart directly resulted in the creation of the Merlin Project. His clients include many prominent business people, politicians, celebrities, and thousands and thousands 
of uh, listeners and viewers on Fox News and talk radio throughout North America. He's been a regular guest on CNN, National Public Radio, and now a great delight to welcome Paul Gersio to The Conspiracy Show. Hello, Paul. How are you? Hi, Richard. Delight to have you on. Let's discuss the nature of time. We think of time as, well, it's sort of this linear construct that we've created to note the passage of time. But it's what is time, really? Well, we have constructed methodologies to keep track of time. Um, you know, uh, so many cycles of the moon around the earth and the earth around the sun and so on. And we have taken those largely for granted uh, over the centuries. But one of the things that I did starting back in the late 60s was to examine various what we call mystical systems that have developed in virtually every civilization. And I noticed that all of those systems had a common thread. And the common thread was essentially a time-sensitive common thread. Whether we're talking about, you know, the North American uh, uh, peoples, the Native Americans peoples, whether we're talking about the, you know, the Sumerians or the Egyptians or the Mayans, they all came up with systems and symbolism that was essentially connected to time. Uh, in the case of the, the North American peoples, they might, you know, they might reference it by the appearance of the white buffalo. Or uh, in, in the Middle East, they would keep track of the movements of, of various planets. It's where we got things like astrology from, for instance, which is a nice idea. Um, but unfortunately... Uh, over the more modern era, we've dismissed all of that because we concluded that the, these, these earlier peoples were simply superstitious and they were, uh, they were attributing things incorrectly. Uh, and we now know what some of those are. Uh, we know that the you know, ocean tides come in twice a day and the sun... Uh, the Earth orbits the Sun uh, once every 365 days and so on, moon, moon around the Earth once a month. But in the process of sort of collating all of that, we, we lost one of the more important recognitions of some of these civilizations, and that is the time actually comes in patterns, in organized increments. And that's what they were really notating in all of these superstitions that they had concocted. Uh, we've dismissed a lot of the superstitions and lost track of what they recognized. That is, the time is not random. It is, in fact, organized. And that if we had some system for collating all of that, for essentially turning all of it into a large kind of clock, we would notice that we could actually make predictions uh, in much the same way as, for instance, Joe from the tribe predicted that, you know, if they all went down to the water's edge, that at a certain time of day the waters would come in, and they did. And they then made Joe, you know, shaman of the tribe. We, we now know why that happens, and we sort of chuckle over the, uh, over the earlier people's recognition of it, and attempt to describe it as something mystical. Yeah, we recognize seasonal change, but we've lost track of what the Mayans certainly knew about, and they kept track by by just observing 
you know, the, the movement of celestial bodies over thousands of, of years. So well, they, they sort of took a long-term view, and we're, we're locked into these, like, you know, five-year plans and ten-year increments. <laughs> One of the things that got lost in the process of all of that is that in attributing these changes that occurred in, in a, in a time-sensitive fashion to celestial objects or some, some such thing, we lost we lost track of the fact that there are patterns to time and that those patterns happen in much longer increments than we pay attention to. You're right. We watch things like 25th anniversaries and Groundhog Day and, you know, and so on, and we've lost track of the fact that time doesn't come in those increments. Time actually occurs in the more biblical increments, the, the seven lean years and seven fat years, for instance, which comes down to us in things like the statute of limitations, which is seven years, or uh, if you break a mirror, you get seven years of bad luck, and, and so on. We, we don't pay attention to the fact that those increments, uh, that, there's, that there is organized increments of time that actually occur in those increments. Science has discovered, for instance, that uh, cancer is often growing for about seven years before it's detected and that every seven years we get a complete uh, overhaul uh, on a cellular level. All of the cells in our body are replaced about every seven years. Well, why is that? Why isn't it five or ten or fifteen or some of these base ten increments that we do pay attention to? Um, uh, and the fact of the matter is that if we, if, we, if we watched increments of time like seven and twenty-one and forty-two and so on, uh, we would notice that every seven years there's some kind of a uh, repeat of cyclic circumstances. So people who were in your life seven years ago are going to show up in your life seven years later. Or someone or, just like or, them playing the same role. Well, what sometimes happens is you have a new cast of characters playing the old roles. Uh, same, same kind of circumstances, new cast of characters. But the increment to pay attention to is seven. So, for instance, to give you an idea... If you jotted down the following increments and then paid attention to them, nine months, about two years, about seven and a quarter years, about 21 and a half years, about 42 or three years, and 84, and you added those increments to events in your life that were significant. So let's say you had an operation when you were five. Take a look at what happens around 12 or 12 and a half. Take a look at what happens around 24 or 25 or 6. Okay? And surprisingly enough, there are often repercussions that happen at those increments later on that are connected to the original events. All right, Paul, so, got to jump in here. We'll uh, continue on the, along this vein talking about time tracks. Paul Gersio co-founder of the Merlin Project here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't you go away. Poking holes in the darkness. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. To see the light, call Richard now at 416-360-0740. Paul Gersio is here, co-founder of the Merlin Project, with his high-tech crystal ball, explaining 
uh, nothing less than the nature of time and how that impacts uh, on our future, our collective future, our individual, our personal future. Uh, so, uh, you were, uh, Paul, you were talking about, uh, uh, you know, snapshots. You were talking about yeah. just about a year in time. Not just about a year, nine months. Nine months, sorry, nine it's, months. It's nine months and then about two, two years. Two years and then just about and then seven about years. seven and a quarter. Right. And then about 21 and a half and then about 42 or three. I give you, I, I, while I was listening to the break, uh, something occurred to me. And I might just mention it because we would dismiss this as coincidence. But the last time I was originating from a Canadian radio station, not being heard on one, because I've been on coast lots of times, and that's heard from numerous Canadian stations, but actually originating out of, a, out of a, an Ontario station, for that matter, was 43 years ago when I was the overnight man at CKSO up in uh, Sudbury. Ah, yes. And... What I didn't tell you, I don't think, is that I had left a Long Island station to go do that at 7.40 a.m. 7.40 a.m. in Rochester, New York. No, in, in Huntington, Long Island. Ah, Huntington. Sorry. Okay. No, I had, I had, actually, I had worked at WHAM in, uh, before, before Huntington. But when I, when I left the station in Huntington, I went to a station in uh, Sudbury. And, uh, I was, that was the last time I was on 7.40 a.m. And the last time I was on a Canadian radio station was 43 years ago. There's that increment. And right. you say, well, it's just coincidence, and the 7.40 is just coincidence. Well, what is coincidence exactly? What Dr. Hart, my colleague, my physicist colleague, who invented the laser that's used in LASIK eye surgery, if you've had your eyes fixed with uh, LASIK eye surgery, you, got the benefit of my colleagues' expertise, um, we don't understand what coincidence actually is. And is it perhaps organized? Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, in 91, I believe it was, in, uh, in the spring, when they held the Academy Awards, um, one of the movies that was up for the Academy Award and several other major awards that night was Silence of the Lamb. Ah, yes, Anthony Jonathan Hopkins. Demi's movie. Right. Um, and uh, Anthony Hopkins came up to, to receive the, the, the award for Best Actor, and he, he obviously was caught by surprise because he, he got up there and he started babbling um, about how uh, his father would have really enjoyed this because his father never thought he'd ever amount to anything. And then he said, you know, it's interesting, my father died ten years ago tonight. Hmm. Well, that night happened to be March 30th, 1991, and ten years before that exactly on that night was the night that Ronald Reagan got shot. March of 1981, that's right. And that, being a numbers guy, I, I thought, gee, what, what was going on ten years ago tonight? And it just so happened that was the, that was the night of the, of the Reagan assassination attempt. Why do you recall was the the guy who shot Reagan uh, doing that? What oh, I know where you're going with this. What Hinkley, was the reason? Hinkley ha- had this infatuation with, with Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. He thought he would impress Jodie Foster by killing Reagan. And so I called up Dr. Hart and I said, Jodie Foster's going to win the Best Actress Award. He also, said, how do you know that? And I said, well, Anthony Hopkins father died 10 years ago tonight and that was uh that was the day reagan was shot and reagan was shot because hinkley was trying to impress jody foster 
And he said, no. I said, yes. And an hour later, Jodie Foster won the Best Actress Award for Silence of the Lambs. Now, that's, that, that's sort of catching up with a coincidence ahead of time. Yeah, normally we connect um, the dots after the and fact. That, and, that, and, that, and that almost never happens. Coincidences are always recognized retrospectively. Fortunes have been made doing what you did. Excuse me? Fortunes have been made doing what you did. Well, yes, and, and, and I've always thought that lucky people, for instance, and, and, and highly intuitive ones, uh, that that's not, that's not random either. There's something organized about that. One of the things that studies have shown about lucky people is that they're all eccentric. And one of the key things that they do, and your audience can make a note of this, is they make changes in their life when there's no damn good reason to. Because they're okay. bored. They just yeah. got a raise. They just got a promotion. Okay. They love what they do for work. And they pick up and change jobs. And all their friends scratch their head and say, why did you do that? And they can't even give them a good answer. And then six months later, when that business they were working for goes belly up, okay, or, or they have a huge layoff and they would have been one of those people laid off, you say, boy, was that lucky. No, it wasn't lucky in the sense that it was random. There was something organized about that. Right. When we make changes in our lives, for instance, not under pressure to make them, when they are optional, we make better changes. Was it Voltaire that said luck is the residue of design? Well, I, that's probably close. You know, um, I, one of the things when, you, when you've been doing what I've been doing the last almost half a century at this point, because I started getting into this stuff in the late, middle, late 60s, um, conducted a, a, an interview program with a bunch of stellar people when I was 20, and they were all in their 50s and 60s and 70s, uh, and I had no idea how lucky I was to have assembled that group of people for a radio interview that then eventually, over the next couple of years, uh, became part of what we now know as National Public Radio up here. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we deal with coincidence as though it were random when, in fact, it isn't. That's not always true, because not everything is coincidental. There's a lot of what you might think of as noise out there, just static stuff. It's like, you know, you might think of other people who are online are there, so if you have a great experience while you're online, they all just showed up so that there would be a line for you to be on, that you could have that experience on. Okay, It's as though those people vanished after that experience happened, because that's the only reason they were there. Okay, um, time seems to work in organized increments that we don't pay attention to, essentially. And if we could create some sort of a mechanism that would collate all of that, uh, we'd have a pretty neat clock because we would then be able to watch these repeating pattern cycles and know exactly when they're going to show up the next time. Okay, and that's essentially what George and I have been doing for the past 25 years. And we originally cooked this thing up for intelligence agencies because we knew going in that they were the only people who'd appreciate knowing when something was going to happen and how big it was going to be and how long it was going to last and not necessarily what it consisted of because they already knew you couldn't do that. So if you could come up with the, the, the when and the where, okay, and the duration, uh, 
that was nirvana for intelligence agencies uh, because they they'd at least know when to look for something. It's as though you handed them a set of GPS coordinates and said it's going to happen right here, except the coordinates you were giving them were coordinates in the future, time coordinates, time and date and minute and so on. And you're saying it's happening right here. We can't tell you if it's good or bad, but we can tell you that it's happening right there and it's going to be of this size and it's going to have this kind of an impact and uh, it's going to last this length of time and so on and do that with an accuracy that when you have enough of these, say, maybe four to six of these moments of time that are related, you can actually pin down where the changes are going to happen in the future um, about eight times out of ten. Right, and again, it's it's you're not you're not being able you're not able to pinpoint is it negative is it positive? It's just you're showing there's a lot of activity around this month. Well, and- it, it's a little more detailed than that because if you happen to be a good news junkie like the Jody Foster story, right? Okay, you can then put the pieces together and say, well, it might be kind of like this because the last time this stuff all happened, here's what it produced. Right, right. Let's give a, a people a couple of examples. And I, I want to point out that if you go to richardserrett.com, on the homepage, underneath tonight's show, you'll see the first hour, 11 p.m., the Merlin Project. And uh, just down underneath the bio for our guest tonight, Paul Gersio, you'll see view some of the time tracks discussed on tonight's show. If you click on that, Paul has kindly provided uh, some of these time tracks that we can talk about. And this will really illustrate how uh, this works. So let's let's give them an example. Let's talk about... Uh, if we could, uh, a, a Tiger Woods. Now well, here's t- Tiger is a good one. I'll tell you who's another good one. Uh, we've spent a lot of time talking about Tiger over the years with, on shows, but some of you haven't spent as much time talking about it, just so that your listeners can go and look this up and get the grin on their face that we got when we looked at it. Uh, t- uh, Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Okay. okay. Now, all right. Now Tiger. Uh, Tiger was born, I think, in 1975. I think it was 75. Um, and when we ran his time track, we originally ran it back when he started as a professional back in the late 90s. And then we re-ran it again in, I believe it was 2005. And so if you, if you go to the, the, the time tracks and you look up Tiger Woods, um, you are going to find uh, some very interesting activity going on in the years beginning about 2009. Well, in 2008, 2009... Not only did he uh, encounter a number of injuries that, that in one case, took him out of, out of the business for a whole year, he tore the ACL in his left knee, uh, and he was playing at, at, at one tournament with a broken leg. Um, but the big story was that while he was out practicing playing golf every day for his entire life, he missed out on the, on the girl thing. And so... Now that he was successful and got all this money and, well, there's all these women around, you know, um, he got involved with a whole bunch of them. And since he was not up to speed on the, on the issues involved in getting caught, he had it all as on a speed dial on, on the cell phone he was carrying around okay, with his wife and who looked up this stuff and <laughs> figured out what was going on. Tiger, if you look at his time track beginning in 08-09, it literally goes nuts for about five years. And 
anybody who, who pays any attention to the news at all, and especially those of us who are golfers, uh, it's it's been the story. Okay, now the big story is, you know, is he back? Okay, that's the big story now. But if you look at that time track, it would have been clear to anyone looking at it, no matter how much they knew about these things, even if they only knew, you know, look for where it gets interesting on the page, okay? And you'd notice that this 0809 portion of the graphic uh, is a complete complexion change from what had been going on previously. And we ran this thing all the way back to the late, to the late 90s. Uh, so we were looking at a span of time from, let's say, 2000 to 2018 on one page. And what we were looking for was exaggerated changes in the trend line, which, which is created by putting all of these, these celestial clocks together and all of these organized increments of change that every civilization has noticed, uh, like seven and a half years and 22 and so on, and put the, build them all into a large clock that outputs a level of likelihood to be interesting, let's put it that way, uh, graphic, and shows you where, where things are going to get real different from whatever's been going on. So it's not, it's not getting good or getting bad, it's getting different. And the graphic tells you where this getting different is going to happen. Uh, when you when you look at that, you'd be able to say, well, something in Tiger Woods' life is going to change drastically about 2008-09, and it's going to and it's going to be drastically different from that point on for at least the next half a dozen years, and it's totally unlike whatever's been going on over the last say eight or ten. And you could say that with a very high degree of precision and be right eight times out of ten. Let's put it that way. And in the case of some of these things, uh, they've, been, they've been accurate to a higher percentage than that. And if you run a series of them, like, for instance, in the case of a Tiger Woods, you take his birthday. You take the day he announced that he was turning professional. You take the first major tournament he won, or uh, the date his father died, or, or, or uh, the date he got married to this blonde from Sweden, uh, Nor Nor Norgan, um, uh, you would see on each of those time tracks, at the point in 08-09 where everything was going to hiccup big time, uh, you would see a drastic change showing up you just wouldn't see it represented the same way. You might see the highest mountain peak on the whole page, or you might see the very beginning of a long mountain range, which is actually what's on the time track for his birthday. You might see uh, something that's been going on uh, ending and a whole new set of circumstances coming into play on, say, his first, his first professional uh, tournament or his announcement date for, for turning pro. Uh, the more of these that you have that you can isolate to the exact starting moment, when you put them together, they all tell us roughly the same story. They show you all where all the big stuff is going to be, and they show it in different ways, but you, if you looked at, say, half a dozen of them, and there's 
five to seven change points in each 18 years, you would find uh, eight out of ten of all of the same ones on all of those time tracks. All right, Paul, got to jump in here. We'll take a time out. Back on the other side with co-founder of the Merlin Project, Paul Gersio, as we discuss time and the future here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Next week, we'll talk with uh, Adam Go-Rightly, a uh, self-described crackpot historian. We'll talk about some of the mysterious deaths of some famous comedians, uh, everyone from, uh, of course, Lenny Bruce to George Carlin. And uh, we'll also talk about uh, chemtrails uh, with Ilana Freeland, uh, a contributor to and editor of uh, Paranoia Magazine. That's coming up next week on the program. Right now, Paul Gersio stays with us, co-founder of The Merlin Project, and we're looking at uh, time tracks of some famous uh, some people. We talked about Tiger Woods. You wanted to mention Hillary Clinton. I wanted to finish time. Oh, sir. Okay. I, I just wanted to mention to you that I, I saw so Nori's running a dog and pony show. <laughs> well, he's uh, he's coming <laughs> up to Trump. I can't apparently. wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Um, about Tiger Woods, uh, if you go to our website now, those of you who are familiar with the internet, you basically it's just like a large digital online diary. Where everything gets date, date and time stamped. So if you if you put it out on the internet, you can track down when it, when it was put out there. So it's a it's a great place to log in predictions. Okay, as a for instance, hint hint. Okay, if you go to our website projectmerlin.com, that's the that's the one of a couple of websites, but that's the primary one. Project Merlin, all one word, no spaces. dot com, and you go to the time track library. Now, there's some interesting stuff on the home page, but if you go to the, the Time Track Library, it's one of the tabs that runs down the left side of the, of the page. And, yes, we know it needs to be updated, but that's okay. Follow me along here. If you punch on the one that says Time Track Library, that'll take you to the Time Track Library facing page, front page. And if you look on that page, you'll find a, a, a listing of possible things you can look at. There's election-related stuff from, from the U.S., there's also people and events and time twins. There's some tabs on there. Well, if you click on the one that says people and you scroll all the way down to the end of that, you'll come to Tiger Woods. And you'll notice up in the upper right-hand corner, because these things are all date stamped, that we issued that in 2005, so, what, eight years ago. And uh, you could actually check to see when that particular file was filed because there's a record on the server for it. So, the, you know, we, we placed it in there post-2005, um, and you can actually find the date that we did that. Well, the graph that shows all of this change for Tiger Woods was on file eight years ago. And the stuff that happened to Tiger happened, what, five years ago. So at least two or three years before all of that stuff happened, when the trend line on the graph that's posted there wasn't showing much going on. And then in 2008-09, it goes crazy. It's out there 
registered. So you can go, you don't have to guess whether we cooked this thing and stuck it in there later. That's about as likely as, as Obama got his birth certificate placed in the 1961 Honolulu Times retrospectively. Not likely. Okay, it's on microfiche. And you can't add stuff to microfiche without recutting the entire reel of microfiche. And if you added it in, it's a, it's a photographic change. It's going to be obvious to any, uh, any uh, 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 microscope, electron microscope. You're going to be able to see that, that addition no problem. So it's the same thing. It's a record. It's, an, it's a documented record of something that happened. So now that uh, we know how you feel about the birther movement. <laughs> well, there, Let's... There, there's also in term, just in terms of Hillary, if you go back in history politically, I mean, she was the sure thing, the, the absolute nominee as far back as probably 2006, which is when we said she's not only not going to be the nominee, but if she is the nominee, she's going to lose. Um, two years before she became the nominee in 2008. Well, if you go and you look at, at, at uh, Hillary Clinton, and I think she's on the home page, the front page yes. of the Time Track Library. If you click on that, what you're going to see is nothing much going on around 2008. Uh, not, 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 this is not a woman going someplace at that point. Okay, now, yes, she ran for president, but she lost. Okay, you look at Mitt Romney's, we have him there someplace. Mitt, has, Mitt was clearly not going to be anybody important post-2012. Okay, same thing with Sarah Palin. Same thing with uh, Glenn Beck. Okay, who would have known that a couple of years before they, you know, they flamed out, except it's on the time tracks. And, and same they're all, thing. And they're all listed. And same thing with Pope Benedict. And the same thing with Pope Benedict. You can see if you look at Benedict run, which we ran right around the time he got elected. So it was run seven, eight years ago. Yep, 2005. You can see that seven years later, there's this almost duplicate mountain range spike, okay, exactly the same kind and the same duration as the one that showed up when he got elected. Okay, got to jump in here. We'll take a time out, come back, and we'll find out how Project Merlin is useful for the rest of us. Back with more here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Then he's got a picture of him lying back uh, obviously in his rec room, his well-appointed man's cave or rec room, and we see his feet. That's all we see, his feet, and then in the distance we see uh, his entertainment center. So um, maybe I'll retweet that so the rest of the world can see Brad's feet. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, say hello uh, on Twitter at Richard Serrett. Brad Gersio is here from the uh, Merlin Project, Project Merlin, all one word, projectmerlin.com. And... Uh, let me just finish what I was saying. Yeah, Richard, we're talking about, about Hillary. Uh, Hillary. Uh, now, you know, we can say that we said this, but again, it's on the record, and and we did it on show after show after show. It's been time stamped. There was a there was a, there was a uh, prediction site online, uh, uh, a a marketplace, a prediction marketplace, um, that uh, that had odds in 2006 on Hillary. Of 90 to 1 odds, you could get 90 to 1 odds on Hillary being the nominee. Um, uh, uh, or not being the nominee, excuse me. Um, and we, were, we knew about the, the, the betting site just 
we, we debated even putting some money down on it. We could have gotten back about ninety thousand dollars on a on a on a thousand dollar bet that Hillary wasn't going to be the nominee. Well, the same thing is true in two thousand sixteen. If you look at Hillary's time track, and that's the one where you gave out the address. Okay, if you look there, you'll find Hillary Clinton. Just click on it. Take a look at yourself. Look at what's going on in the period of time between about 2014 and 2017. And you'll yeah, notice... There's a spike there. You, well, there's a spike there. But there isn't the kind of continuous activity that you'd have to find in order to find somebody who's going to change their whole life direction. Okay, that's which is what becoming president would be. On the other hand, on that same listing of time tracks that Richard gave you, if you go to that go to that URL and click on it, you'll find both Andrew Cuomo and uh, and uh, Chris Christie. And if you look at their time tracks, and you look at Rand Paul's time track, you'll see what it looks like when you're going to be a viable candidate, and, and, and one of those people is liable to end up being president, uh, Rand Paul's probably going to start a third party, and then it becomes a toss-up between uh, Chris Christie and Andrew Cuomo. Now, is that set in concrete? No. But if we ran those time tracks of other people, other pretenders, like Jeb Bush and... Uh, uh, and uh, uh, the, the current vice president, uh, Jim, Joe, Joe Biden, Biden yeah. uh, you don't find that kind of activity. In fact, the difference between, say, Joe Biden's run in 2016 and Andrew Cuomo's run or Christie's run or Rand Paul's run okay, is like night and day. You, you you wouldn't have to know anything about these to just put them all down in front of you and say which two which of these people look like they're going to run for president and or win and which ones don't. We'd all pick the same ones because it's 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 so dramatically different that you'd have to say, well, wait a minute. If time at that point, if the coordinates of time for that period of time required this kind of stuff to be going on. It isn't going on in these two runs. They're not. Hillary doesn't have that going on, and and Biden doesn't have it have it going on. Right. And uh, 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 I'm trying to think of who else in that list. Jeb Bush doesn't have it going on. Um, uh, but there are people that do. And, and Rand what, Paul what is we, certainly one of them. What we end up with with these time tracks is a way of sorting things that are otherwise un unable to be sorted okay how you take pre potential presidential candidates and if you took the whole list of democratic candidates in the american election of 2012 all those people you know the the uh the fellow who ran the pizza company and uh, and uh, uh bachman and uh, and uh, the, the texas governor rick perry and and you compared them all the only one that actually had serious legs to it uh, got thrown out early and, 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 and wasn't able to raise money because he wasn't the Mormon candidate the Mormons wanted. They wanted Mitt Romney. So John Huntsman, who had all the right stuff going on, had to, had to back off. Huntsman would have been the, the, the most successful of the Republican candidates, and now knowing what happened, 
who who wouldn't agree with me? Right, right. Let me let me ask you uh, when you're doing a time track for a famous individual or a, a political yeah. candidate. I understand, you know, you, you've got the, the genesis there of their birth date. But let's let, let's say you're talking about what's going on in a uh, geopolitically with a country. What's going to happen, for example, in Canada and uh, our economy over the next uh, well, two years? What or you, what you would do, Richard, is, is is pull out a couple of key dates that we can all agree on our our uh, genesis dates for some large beginning of things. So, you know, you'd, you'd probably pull out the date when, when, uh, uh, when, you know, when the Canadian Constitution was signed or when, uh, when it became a Commonwealth country and no longer a, 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 a direct province of, of the UK. Uh, you'd, you'd look for dates like that. Um, and you'd, you'd begin with those to see if there's some point in the future or even in the past where there was some convergence of effects. And bet you if you looked around the time that that happened, you would find things like uh, separation efforts going on uh, in, in Quebec or, or something. You would find uh, some... Uh, you know, some large political change that was happening or additions to the country or something. In other words, one way that you can verify these things is to go back and look at what it says about the past. Now, one of the reasons why we schedule this tonight is because the technology to, to, to generate these pictures, these graphs of time in the future, are now available as an app for smartphones. So if you have a smartphone, you can go and download the software that does this and actually run these things in your hand. You can punch in your own birthday or your wife's or the day you got married or that job that didn't work out or your kids' birthdays or your boss. You can look and see where in time they are, how far away are they from the next big transitional era, for instance. Are they... You know, in the middle of one, are they approaching one or, ex- or, or exiting one? Okay, and how long did it last if it's, if it's just over? And when did it start? And you can start to compare those, those date blocks with actual events in that person's life. I've got and my time tracks. It's eight times out of ten it matches. I've got my time tracks app right here on my iPhone. And uh, so just let's, uh, first of all, if people want to download this app, they go uh, to their uh, their app button and click on that, and then search time tracks. T i m e. It's t yeah t i m e t r a k s. There's no c, uh, but there's an s. Time t i m e t r a k s with no breaks, and they can look in, in Google Play or in in the iTunes Store, and they look for time tracks, and download this thing. And it's it's very inexpensive. Uh, but what you're going to find when you run these dates is that not only will they tell you what's up around the corner and how far around the corner is, how many months or years it'll take to get here, but you can scan backwards and see where all the big changes were indicated in years that only you know about. 
you're the only one who can look at that and say, oh, my God, that's exactly the right point where all hell broke loose or where I got that job that, that became my career or where, where I ran into the woman who I, I, I later married uh, or the one I had later had an affair with, or whatever it is. Okay, you will find those about eight times out of ten, sometimes a little better than that, occasionally a little worse, but never less than about seven times out of ten. So these are predicting the times of change in your life, the significant times, with a minimum accuracy of seven out of ten. That's 20 percentage points above guessing. So if it's, uh, if, if for example, one of the... Um one of the on the app, one of the categories is best launch days. How do we use that? Well, that's generic. That's not you. That that doesn't apply to any particular person. It's generic. It basically says uh, when are the points along the year going to happen where the event uh, uh, matrix goes up, and where if you start something, then you're going to catch a wave like a surfer waiting for the big one. Okay, if, you, if you're out there on the board when the big ones are coming in, uh, you have a very, and, you're, and you have some skill, you're going to have a very good chance of catching a very long ride. Okay, the waves are out there. It depends on whether you're in, in place to be able to catch a ride on it. The Time Track app tells you when the waves are going to be there so you know when to get your act together. Right. Or you know when to put things in place in your life to take advantage of that enhanced activity. What about your okay. lucky cycle, your luck cycle? How does that well, work? Well, luck cycle basically is, is individualized. That one is not generic. Uh, that one applies to you. Um, and it basically says, here are the times in, in any given year when your ability to make choices goes up or goes down. And there are times around the year when that's going to happen just naturally. Birthday, 180 days later, 270 days later. Okay. The so for angles, example, so the for seasonal ex- angles. For example, uh, I'm seeing here from from I punched in my month and my date, my birthday, right. and I'm yeah. looking at July, and I'm seeing some, uh, you know, July 5th and 6th is kind of pink, 7th, 8th pink, and then dark red from the 9th through to the 15th. What is that yeah, telling you? Know, me? That basically says things like, don't file back taxes, don't get any elective surgery done, uh, don't make any big investments, don't replace something that broke then because you're going to buy something else that's going to break. Okay, that's, those are the times to avoid and sort of keep a low profile. All right, and then into September, light green around the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, and then dark green from the 9th right. to the 15th. Exactly the reverse. Uh, that's when you least need to, to buy something new that does a particular thing because the thing you have is working fine. So you go out and buy one, you get a great price, and then the thing that you've been relying on breaks. And you say, oh, how fortunate it was that I went out and bought another one of these for much less money uh, just in case something happens. All right. That's the difference between... You know, I mean, I've had people tell, who were taught that thing 30 years ago, 40 years ago, when, I, when they first saw me. And I'm told by clients that that is the, the thing that they found that works the most, most of the time. And they can run, run they can figure it out for themselves. Okay, I got to jump. Their wife, their kids, their boss. 
I got to jump in here, Paul. We're out of time. And no L- one to change. Let's let's do it again soon. Paul I, Garcia, I, the Merlin Project. Give us a website quickly, one more time. It's projectmerlin.com, and time tracks on the on the smartphone app. Thanks so much, Paul. Talk again You're soon. You're welcome. Take good care. Bye bye. Follow the show, richardserrett.com. <laughs>